Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Phillips, and because I've killed so many brain cells, I feel like I'm getting dumber as I'm getting older. So the podcast is a great way to learn more about the things that I love. So each week we take a look at topics from the world of pop culture, including music, shout out to hip hop, movies, sports, comic books, video games, psychedelics, cannabis, and more. And the format might not always remain the same from week to week. I'm all over the place. What can I say? And I love the idea of a podcast that changes and grows with our listeners. So before we get too far, if you're listening so far, head over to ittybittypodcast.com to subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. And make sure to say hi to us on social media. It's pretty much at ittybittypodcast for everything um, but without further ado, man, the Itty Bitty Podcast is anything but Itty Bitty. So let's get it going. Welcome to episode 44 of the Itty Bitty Podcast. My guest this week is Mike Brancatelli from the Mikeadelic Podcast. And we got into a little bit of everything. Um, we talked about psychedelics and, you know, medicinal use of psychedelics. Um, we talked about mental health and psychedelics. We talked about um, a couple of things that have been going on in the news lately. So it was a, overall, it was a, a great conversation that kind of centered around um, psychedelics and kind of went from there. So I had a great time talking with them. I think you'll enjoy the show. Um, and this is not a podcast about psychedelics. It's the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but. And it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty So we're rolling and uh, we're on to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. And this week, my guest is Mike Brancatilli of the Mikeadelic Podcast. And so this episode is going to kind of center around something that we've done an episode, a couple episodes about. Uh, I like to talk about it every once in a while because it's something I think is important. And um, I know that normally we talk about geeky stuff like comics and um, trading cards and stuff. But uh, every once in a while, I like to get into some some heavier stuff. So, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Um, it, psychedelics are something that not everybody does. And uh, those who do, not everybody's willing to openly talk about it. Um, so it's kind of nice to talk to somebody about that. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on, Perry. Appreciate it. And uh, I love I love nerdy stuff like comic books and trading cards. I grew up on that and still to this day. So um, yeah, as I popped in here, I had a, a virtual background on of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, <laughs> that's the way to go. It. That's perfect. I, I decided to take it off because my computer is not really quite up to the processing power to have like one of those really cool virtual backgrounds. So it's kind of glitchy. Um, but yeah, I, I so I do this podcast. It's called Mike Adelic. Uh, and, uh, the reason why I called it that is sort of a couple different reasons. Yeah. It's sort of, a, about psychedelics, but also it's a, a podcast about me and psych, uh, psychedelic is, um, psyche and Delos it means like manifesting the psyche. So Mike manifesting through the, 
oh, that's a podcast cool as nice. well. Yeah. So it's a pretty, you know, I'm, I'm just a curious person. And I thought psychedelics was one of the most interesting things that I had discovered. Psychedelic thought, philosophy, psychology, things centered around that. And, um, you know, I'm very interested in psychedelics themselves, uh, how they can uh, per- pertain to the healing experience, uh, how they can enhance creativity, how they can be used for fun and, and pleasure as well. And uh, I'm also interested in uh, the integration of that into like large scale system change and, and things of that nature. So I, I have guests on my show, like people like uh, author like Charles Eisenstein, uh, Dr. Christopher Ryan, people that are kind of talking about things on like a civilizational level. I, I'm, I'm very interested in that. And I'm very interested in like the, the personal as well. And uh, yeah, try and keep it light and fun. And uh, I've been doing it for about four years now. I like that you said civilizational level because it, I mean, I think now more than ever, while everything's shut down, everything, nobody really knows what's going on. You know, once everything starts to kind of return to whatever type of normal we're looking at, I think that psychedelics would help people tremendously. Um, some people, not everybody, but um, it's one of those things that like not everybody talks about it. And when they do that, you get, they get kind of uncomfortable about it. Um, but I don't know. I just like talking about it openly. I feel like it's, it's something that I've never had it. I've been doing them for a a long time. Um, and it's not something that I like, I, I like to get super fucked up and, and like, you know, that's not my end goal to get, you know, out of my mind. It's usually like I have a a set goal or task in mind that I want to set out to do. And I take the time out and set, you know, time where I'm not doing anything else to do it and kind of, it just takes time to to actually think about things from a different perspective. Um, and so for a lot of people, I think that's hard to do when, when some people have described it like before, I can't remember if it was before, like after I had, had done psychedelics for the first time, but somebody had said like they had done them, done them and then changed afterwards. And like, you, you hear that, you hear that and you think, oh, that's a bad thing because psychedelics have been associated with negativity for so long. Um, but like, it's a, it's a good thing. Cause I, I was a very negative person for a long time and like, not for any other reason. I was living in, on the West coast by myself and I had friends and stuff, but like for whatever reason, I just chose to be a dick. And so, you know, I think psychedelics helped me to, to be like, to realize that I was being a dick. So I think they have a very positive impact on people. And I think that um, just opening up the discussion through podcasts and through other forms of media is going to go a long way as far as like getting it legalized and getting it to, you know, to the point where you can actually research it as medicine. So. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything that's really considered taboo or that we shouldn't talk about uh, very much interested in because there's a, a lot to discover in those realms. And certainly the psychedelic experience can be a very uh, beneficial one. Um, so yeah, it's it's good that there's a lot of uh, research being done now and, and a lot of wonderful things that are happening that are getting the conversations going, you know, getting people who you never would have thought would have uttered the word psychedelics. Right. Uh, in their, you know, and, and, and they're talking about it. So, um, that's great because that, that, uh, it incubates education. I think, you know, it's like, uh, we always fear what we don't know, you know? So the, the more people 
that you know in your social circle and your family and your friends, friends of friends and those sorts of things uh, that are talking about this kind of stuff, the more familiar it becomes. And then the more times you hear about it, it's like, okay, well, what, what is that? And what, what is going on there? That is, that is interesting. And, you know, really level-headed, rigorous people uh, can be open now. And yeah. uh, a large part because of, you know, Michael Pollan's book, he's, you know, New York Times bestseller, writes about botany and plants and, and food and things like that. And, and he decided to write a book on psychedelics. And yeah. so I bought you know, that, that for my mom, I think. Yeah. I bought that awesome. One. Yeah. Paper. Great, yeah. great gift for mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The moms and the dads of the world are like, oh, interesting. Oh, I know Michael Pollan. Yeah. I'll take a look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted. I told her to let me borrow it when she's done for it. So it's kind of like a selfish, you know, little switcheroo type thing. But um, <laughs> nice. So the other thing I w- was going to ask you about was, you know, with with psychedelics. I, I had a friend. I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. But um, like I've I have certain friends that I'll I'll do it with, and they had an I won't. They had an issue with telling a family family member um that they were doing acid rather than mushrooms so like they told their family member that they were doing mushrooms and that that, that's what they were doing but we were really doing acid and so that was kind of one of those things it was like is there really that much of a difference and that's when i really saw like that there is this big stigma attached to it where it's like you can tell them the one thing but not the other so i just thought that was interesting i didn't know if you had a take on that if you've see, experienced that as well where people are like labeling acid as more you know dangerous or because in my experience i feel like it's it's a similar experience um i don't feel like it's uh sorry um so i don't know what uh yeah, in my experience, I, I don't think that there's a huge dif- disconnect, like or a difference from between between the two. But you know, this particular individual seemed to think so. So I don't know if you had a take on that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I've definitely heard similar things. It is, it's about the stigma, you know, the 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 cultural backlash, uh, the uh, of the 1960s. There's still like uh, a lot of fear around. Uh, the sixties and the hippies and Timothy Leary and, you know, a lot of like, Oh, look what happened then. And, you know, look at the harsh penalties that were imposed, you know, the war on drugs and that kind of stuff. So I hear it from a lot of different angles. Um, but it, yeah, it seems like, you know, I'm here in Denver and last year we decriminalized mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms in Denver. And I think it was, I wasn't part of the initiation of the creation of the the language and, and, you know, that, that sort of thing. But, but it's, uh, I think it's because it's, it's, it's pretty palatable, you know, to talk about it. It's more palatable, I think, to talk about it. There's more research being done and, um, you know, uh, that, that sort of thing, the FDA, uh, Johns Hopkins, you know, reputable institutions. And, uh, yeah, so I think that LSD definitely carries a stigma to it, uh, for sure. Mm, You know, not, not deservingly, of course not. Uh, but that's unfortunately, you know, the sort of uh, world we live in where we, we can't really get rid of the, uh, the cultural uh, sludge of the past. So why do you think that, that LSD is looked at as being, do you think it's because of the way that people talked about it in the 60s? Or do you think it's just because it's more seen as like as a chemical? 
Yeah, that's a good point. I think both. Yeah. 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 I think it, I think, I think it's a little bit more of an approachable uh, topic to talk to somebody about plant medicine. Right. You know, uh, as opposed to like synthetic, because then there's the whole thing of, you know, it really doesn't make much sense because, you know, we prescribe people prescription medications and there's 88,000 overdoses of prescription medications every year. I think something roughly like that. And, you know, there's all kinds of uh, side effects and, and symptoms with, that, that are, uh, there are problems with these manufactured synthetic drugs. So, you know, but we accept and we tolerate that it's a, it's a, it's a weird schism in the, in the, uh, psyche. Um, but I do, I do think that it's this sort of thing of like, well, it's a chemical, it's synthetic. And also partially because of, uh, you know, the, the 1960s sort of, uh, backlash against it and the war on drugs and that kind of stuff. So have you seen, I'm switching topics a little bit here, but I was, before I, we were doing the podcast, I was on Twitter and I was watching some of the videos. Have you seen any of the videos from like the riots that have been going on in Minneapolis? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awful. Um, it's just devastating for those like communities. And it's the whole thing is like that. The whole video was terrible. I didn't even watch the video cause I know I've seen too many of those videos. Um, yeah, but I feel like now more than ever, we could all use some psychedelics. It's just like, well, I mean, some people, but, um, yeah, that's just, yeah, they're, they're not, they're, they're not a, they're not, they're definitely not a, a panacea. Uh, I, I don't think, but I like, you know, one of the things that I, I sort of center the, a lot of the discussion on my show around is sort of what I call like a, a psychedelic point of view or a psychedelic framing of things. You know, you could even call it a shamanic framing or an indigenous framing. I just think that we are really lost as a, as a civilization, uh, as this American society uh, specifically, and referring to these, these riots and, and um, you know, the, the guy that was murdered, in my yeah. opinion, by police, you know? Um, and it's like, and I don't think it. that the riots are unwarranted either. And it's like, at this point, what do, what do you want people to do? People are like fed up. And it's it's like five years ago, I might have said like, you know, maybe rioting is a little extreme. But now it's to the point where it's like, what do you want people to do? Um, nobody knows what's going on. I've had this conversation with a few different people about how nobody knows what's going on. It's It's just mass confusion and... Yeah, it's just, it's kind of tough. And I feel like podcasters are are like a link between people and information and all that stuff. And it's all kind of interconnected and community. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a weird, weird place right now. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. No, no, it's uh, like, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it is, it's, uh, we're in a very, we're in a very turbulent time as far as where we are as, as a human species on this planet. You know, I think we've overextended ourselves quite a bit in our, uh, uh, I don't know, in our quest to kind of dominate and control um, reality and mortality. And um, we see that, you know, playing out in all the kind of clever systems that we devise. Uh, but these systems are like these Frankenstein monsters that wind up turning on us. I mean, they maybe they work for the the elites, but they don't work for the, the most, most of the people, you know? So every so often we see like, oh, you know, this, this black guy was, was killed by the police and oh, we want justice. And it's like, all right, and maybe there's some riots. And it's like, it just keeps perpetuating. It's like, what, what, we're never really getting to like the rot at the core, which is the entire 
you know, it's, it's too complex to like right. nail down. Do you have five hours? You know, yeah. it's like people have written whole books on this. So it's, it's really, um, it's a really complex situation and it's really sad. And yeah, you're right. It's like, what do you want these people to do? You know, sometimes enough is enough. And it's like, yeah, maybe destroying people's businesses and part of the community isn't like the answer, but sometimes a logical response, like a, lo- a logical response, just it doesn't fit the emotional, the raw emotional fury of right. being pushed up against the wall so many times that, you know, people's lives are being taken for no reason. It's yeah. tragic. Yeah, right. You know, it's tragic. Well, I mean, if you think about it in a sense, of, as a sense of community too, it's it's like so one of our citizens was murdered by the police in broad daylight, and like you know, yeah, on camera, on yeah. camera, yeah. And it was like, well, if I mean the camera wasn't there, what you know, how much worse could it have been? Um, so that's the like, that's the thing that that. I think we have to figure out it's like there's just so many issues and layers involved i've always been of the sense that like if you're going to be a police officer in a community it should be a community that you live in and that you're in every day and that you walk the streets and you know people and that's i feel like you're a lot less likely to just kill somebody randomly um but yeah it's just it's it's a really complicated issue um you i wanted to kind of tie this into you're, I was. I can't remember where I saw it when I was um, listening to your podcast, but it was either your description or your tagline or something like that. But it says something about cognitive liberty. Um, yeah. And so that that's kind of like, I don't know, this situation and like people being stuck at home and, um, you know, people just kind of going inward, I feel like, with without the... the the release of going to concerts or going to the movies or doing things that we used to do for fun. Um, and so I think that that, that phrase cognitive Liberty really kind of resonated with me as far as like, I don't know. I think, I feel like psychedelics opened me up to, to the possibility of, of cognitive Liberty and the sense that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to think about things in a different perspective. And I think that, I don't know, that's, I just wanted to, mention that and get your take on where you where where that phrase came from and um and yeah yeah it's interesting i don't know where that phrase came from i heard it somewhere um but uh yeah i started ever since i heard it i was just like well yeah that's the thing you know it's the the right to mental self-determination like nobody has the right to tell you what you can how you can and how you can't alter your own consciousness and your own perception of reality. And the, it applies, I think, logically across the board. You know, it's like my body, my choice kind of issue, you know, kind of thing, right? Like who owns you? Do, do you own yourself or does somebody else own you? Or do, do you give yourself away to a, uh, a vote of people that say, you know, uh, I don't like the fact that he's drinking Coke. I want him to drink Pepsi. Everybody vote with me. And then you're no longer allowed to drink Coke anymore. It's like, well, that's not really sovereignty. You know, that's not really autonomy. So, uh, you know, I'm very much a firm believer in that uh, we own ourselves. And and as long as we're not causing any outside harm to anybody else, or we're not infringing or impeding on anybody else's rights to perform the same freedoms, then everything should be great. You know, it's right. respect for diversity is is respect for diversity of, of everything, ideas, uh, reality, perception, you know, all that kind of stuff. And also that, you know, that we should be allowed to protect ourselves from possible 
mind invasions, so to speak, you know, uh, and uh, we sure have a lot of them in this uh, hyper-connected internet culture. Uh, I was going right to ask if you met, are you you're referring to like social media and like all the distractions and stuff that, that in day-to-day life, is that what you're referring to? As as, like, uh, yeah. Mental invasions. Yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, I mean, go down a rabbit hole here, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, like really, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's pretty, um, it's it, the, the amount of, of sensory input data that one consumes on a daily basis in modern American society is very overwhelming, overstimulating. And we know that it causes like social media companies like Facebook and Google now make people sign waivers, you know, that they're going to have PTSD or, you know, by working in this position and things like that, mm. because it's so, it's so it's, we're not built for this. We're not built for this kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, it robs you of, of energy that you could be using and and on other places. Anyhow, it is, it is a choice to participate. It's a very difficult one though, but, uh, but I stand firm on the belief that, you know, everybody should have the right to consume whatever they want and change their consciousness in, in whichever way they want. I mean, that's, pretty much the firm definition of, of cognitive liberty. Yeah. I liked it. I was, I was uh, browsing your podcast and I was listening to a recent one um, while I was getting ready and set up and stuff. And, and that just kind of, I saw that and it kind of stuck with me. So I jotted it down. Um, now I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a little while back that you're in Denver. Yeah. So how does it work as far as like the decriminalization work goes? So how did you get a ticket? You get a fine. How does that work? No, no, no tickets, no fines. It's uh, basically all of the money resources uh, that would be invested into uh, arrests and, and persecuting people for psilocybin mushrooms are basically stripped away. Uh, so there's really, there's no, there's nowhere for, a police officer to like take you to if he wanted to. Now that that having that being that being said, it's basically uh, the law is you can you can grow your own mushrooms, you can have your own mushrooms as long as it's for personal possession. There's no distribution, right. there's no sale, and there's no you know giving away like large quantities and things like that. Also, uh, police officers are up to their own discretion as to whether they think that you're operating like a grow house or something like that. You know, obviously, um, you're if you're inebriated, if you're having a crazy experience in public and causing a scene, you know, just as if you were causing a scene without uh, a psychedelic, but that you know you'll be probably talked to about that. So yeah, it's just more along the lines of um, it's decriminalized, so it's no longer considered a criminal activity. Uh, but it does prohibit the sale and distribution of it. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much where we stand with that. Yeah. Hmm. So now, like, let's say you grow, let like, you order them online and you try to grow them. Is that like, is are you allowed to do that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spores are uh, available. And even before this went on, you can order spores online. I've heard um, that, but that always makes me nervous. I've always thought about it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah, wanna... they're not illegal. This is how ridiculous the, the governmental bureaucracy is. It's like, well, those aren't illegal, but this is. 
well, it's, it's not illegal yet, but once you put it in your mouth, it is. And it's like, okay, that's, you know, it just, it's just a bunch of nonsense, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I love it because like I I've learned how to grow since I've been here. Many other people, my friends started the Denver, uh, mushroom co-op, you know, and informing and edging people, educating people on, on growing and, and different kinds of mushrooms, not just psilocybin ones, but the whole world of mushrooms is completely, you know, fantastic as the film, fantastic fungi that I recently saw. I'm in showed. the Pacific Northwest. I'm like right in the, the heart of that stuff. You're there, man. Yeah. yeah there it's mushroom land. It's crazy. Cause I'll go out. If I forget what time of year it, like usually right in the fall, like right after summer, you'll go outside one day and it'll just be like from the day before there's nothing. And then the next day, it's just all these different types of mushrooms outside. Um, all, they're all different cool ones too. Like they're just all cool to look at. Like you can just go and hang out outside for a little bit. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, did you move to Denver? So you did you move to Denver to pursue growing mushrooms and stuff or what? No, not really. I, I lived in New York City for about eight years. And, and then I went to Peru and I lived in the Amazon rainforest uh, working at an ayahuasca center in Peru. And uh, what was that like? That, incredible. <laughs> it was, Sounds like it. You know, yeah, I would, I would, I would uh, still be there if it wasn't for, uh, I guess, my involvement more in like the media world, you know, and, um, and those sorts of things. But it, yeah, it's wonderful, amazing uh, fantastic. I, I, I love that place and those people and, and that experience was great and I hope to do it again. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, when I came back, I just, I, I was thinking that I wanted to be somewhere else. I, I was kind of thinking and feeling that from like 2016, like I was just like enough of kind of bored of the, of the, of the city life. And, uh, Denver just looked like Colorado just looked like a place that, uh, was on the forefront of, freedom and being progressive and open and nature and just a, a great mixture of things 300 days of sun a year like yeah. i researched all this stuff and i'm like that sounds like where i i would want to be so nice. uh, yeah so you said i want to hear a little bit more about the your time in the it was it the amazon you said yeah so how long did you spend there uh Three months, and then I went back for another three. And so what was your, like, take me through what you would do on, like, an average day while you were there. Yeah, so I, at first I volunteered, and then I came back to to work there. Um, So I was volunteering. I would wake up, and if I would alternate with uh, another volunteer, and I would help prepare some of the uh, food for, for the guests that were at the retreat there, um, have breakfast and hang out with some of the staff. And then there would be like different workshops and things like that, that you could attend, uh, different kinds of teachers doing like, uh, Qigong or yoga or different kinds of sort of, uh, games, like maybe, uh, analyzing dreams and, and things of that nature, mm. um, journaling types of stuff and art classes. And so I'd attend those and kind of hang out. And, and then if it was a, a ceremony night, usually wouldn't eat dinner and would fast and then would uh, go over to the, the Maloka, the big circular wooden structure where the, the healers, the shamans um, perform the ceremony in and uh, drink ayahuasca and, um, 
And was this daily? Through. No, not daily. But uh, if the, if the, if I explained like a ceremony day, so to speak, oh, okay, um, like a ceremony, it's a little bit more interesting than <laughs> than just you know. Uh, well, when the nighttime comes, it's you know there's no electricity and it's candles everywhere, and you eat dinner and you maybe play chess or something, and then go to bed. <laughs> right. So it's but, yeah. It's more yeah. like a mind body total experience then. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's beautiful. It's really living in the most simplest of way uh that that a human being could live. Yeah. Now, do you see that type of concept coming to the United States at some point as far as like when they do start to legalize and it becomes, I mean, I know cannabis isn't even legal in all 50 States. So we're a ways off from, from, you know, psychedelics getting legalized in the, in the States. But when it does, you see them doing things like that, like a retreat type deal where, you know, you'd have, have somebody that's kind of takes you through and kind of guides you and gets you that total mind body experience. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's never going to compare to, you know, the, the sort of the origin point of ayahuasca, you know, that, that, that for me, I've only drank ayahuasca in Peru because of that reason, because of working with the indigenous Shipibo people, because of the sounds of the jungle, the temperature, you know, um, just, you know, it's like being invited into its home. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, uh, underground stuff going on and, um, people that are just making brews and, and dishing it out to people. And so you got to be careful where you go, but yeah, I would love to see, I mean, you know, that's part of my utopian like dream is that, uh, there's like various sort of like commune healing center mm. work exchange permaculture biodynamic farm type places where people can go and learn like you know sort of like mystery schools or, or something like that like maybe there's an ayahuasca one and a boga one a mushrooms one like a salvia one i don't know a salvia farm yeah <laughs> but something yeah it would be fun it would be it would be fun it would be a great way to live live life in my opinion for me yeah I don't have much experience with um, salvia. I only ever tried it a couple times, um, but I don't. I it didn't really. I don't think I did it right. I must have. I, I don't think I, I screwed it up somehow because I did it when I was like a teenager. So I don't think I did it right. But yeah, I don't, didn't do much for me. Yeah, I, I was kind of kidding about that too, because it's like, it's yeah, I, I wouldn't want to live on a salvia farm. No, <laughs> it's a little too yeah, too much. So. But no, but uh, but 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 really, um, you know, there's the the ayahuasca and other uh, medicines. You know, plant medicines um, are uh, something that I am very uh, very much drawn to, uh, and uh, the connection with 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 all of life. I think that right. it provides. You know. Yeah. I'm, and especially in a country like this country that, I mean, that values so strongly uh, material things and, and kind of tangible things to have like a, a, a place that you can go in the middle of nowhere on like a ranch or something in the middle of Montana on a lake where you can just kind of get rid of your things and, and, and just kind of be, be, be in yourself for a little bit. Um, as, as hippie as that sounds, um, 
I think that's well, important. Well, you're, you're, you're a, fan, a fan of uh, comic books. Did you see the Doctor Strange movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That movie Did you was, like it? Yes. It was very trippy. It was like, I yeah. started watching it. And I was like, oh, wait, is this like an acid trip? Like it just, it was a trippy movie. Very good yeah. movie though. Yeah. Right, so <clears throat> when he goes to, to learn his training, you know, is like that, that's very much how I, uh, kind of in, envision the whole thing. It is very much like sort of a initiation or a call into a, a warriorship in some kind of, you know, s- spiritual way. And, uh, you know, the realms that you can go into and it's, uh, it's very, yeah, very, it's very interesting that I, I believe that, you know, m- the more and more people engaging that kind of behavior facilitates a new perception for cultivating, uh, different kinds of values in, in reality. And uh, in my opinion, uh, that, that they would be a little bit more fun and entertaining <laughs> values than the current ones that we have in, in the dominant paradigm. So I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit of a stoner question here. Um, yeah, please uh, do. I love disclosure, it. disclosure, I got a little bit high before I did this this interview. Cool. Um, so, shit, I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> there about- it is. <laughs> Uh, it'll come back to me. I just, uh, what was it? I don't remember. But anyway, I, there was something I did want to ask you. Have you seen the documentary Murder Mountain uh, about the the weed farms in Humboldt? No, I haven't. So a buddy of mine told me about it, and I started watching it. And I watched the whole thing already a little while ago. But it's all about the 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 way that like these hippies moved into Humboldt and they kind of set up in the mountains, they had their own little spot. And then once the cops found out about it, they kind of came in and then it became cutthroat it became about money, you know, cause it came expensive and it became, you had to get like guard dogs, you had to get guns. And so then it became this thing. Like if you ended up on the mountain, you chances are you would disappear and end up, you know, missing. And so it's a really crazy documentary. I didn't know all that stuff. You think of Humboldt, you know, you hear about people, going up to Humboldt County to get some weed and stuff. And like, you don't really think about that other aspect. So to me, it was a crazy documentary. I, I just had never heard of that or seen that. So I just didn't know if, if you had seen it. Or yeah. Not. But check it I'll out. Check it's it a out. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Mur- Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain is what it's called. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah. kind of cheesy. I was like, I'm not going to watch it. And a buddy told me to watch it. So I was like, I'll check it out. And it's, it's really interesting about how like the co- there's no co- the cops don't go up there anymore. And like, you know, and then, you know, the eventual, eventual turnaround. And it's, it's a a crazy story. There's a lot of turns and stuff and, and it keeps you interested. So cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Anything cannabis related, you know, I'm, I'm all about that stuff. I've been watching some of those like cannabis shows and stuff about where they cook when they put it in Mm -hmm. food. Um, I was never good at making edibles and and edibles don't really work on me too much. Certain ones do. Like some, when I lived in California, some of the ones from the medical shops would work for me, but I've never been great at cooking with it. So I love watching that show. And like, I don't even want to try cooking with it cause I know I'm going to fuck it up somehow. Um, but it's such a, a, a treat to watch those shows. I don't know if you watch any of those cannabis. Yeah. Give it, shows. give it a shot. You know, what's yeah. the worst that could happen? You'll be, you know, paralyzed foaming at the mouth for a couple well, hours. No, I'm just worried about wasting <laughs> weed. I'm like, uh, it, you know, I'm, oh. I'm worried that I'll cook out all of the good stuff, you know, and then it, I'll just be left with, you know, no, no, just empty butter, nasty weed tasting butter that doesn't have any, mm. any yeah. potency. Drink so. it up. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite comics? 
Uh, well, I, I, I don't really read any comics anymore. Uh, but when I, when I did, I was big into, uh, X-Men. That was, that was, that was my thing. Um, and I would always get like, I don't know, all these other, uh, X-Force, like whatever, whatever had like a group of characters that were like the X-Men. I got it. Like, I remember this one weird one called Wildcats or something by Image Comics. And I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't even know if they went or they stayed around for a while, but, uh, yeah, I would just, I would just go and, and get like a comic book a week. Uh, my dad would take me and, uh, go to the comic book store and, uh, it was a, it was a cool place. It was like uh, cool little local shop run by some some comic book geeks and then they had magic the gathering tournaments and things like that it was fun yeah there's a i feel like most comic book shops are like that where you can go and hang out there's one near me uh gabby's cards and comics shout out to gabby's cards and comics in olympia or Lacey. sorry i fucked up where it's at but um those are like communities within a community when you go into those places like there's always somebody there reading comics. Usually everybody knows somebody's name. Um, there's different subsections in those communities as well. You know, you've got people playing, uh, I almost said World of Warcraft, but, you know, the, the, on the games. And then you've got people doing Pokemon. You've got people doing the comic books. Um, so, yeah, I just think that, like, those comic book stores are really cool. And the other question I was going to ask you, sorry, hi, uh, was... Uh, who would you, which X-Men would you want to do psychedelics with? Like which one would you want to, and then you'd have to like have their power. Well, no, that's too much. Just which one would you want to do psychedelics with? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, no one's ever asked me that before. That's great. I asked the tough questions here. Yeah. Uh, definitely not Cyclops. Cause like he would just freak out and start shooting his That'd laser be bad, beams yeah. everywhere. Wolverine way too aggressive. I mean, maybe I would sit for him, you know, and just be like, Hey buddy, we got to work on some trauma issues. You got to yeah. calm down, you know? Um, I guess, uh, that might be good for him though. It, well, it might be good for him. Yeah. Um, but it might be really bad. Yeah. Nightcrawler could be fun because you could be a trip in and then he could teleport you to somewhere. Like, like just like, get us in, get the chips and get us the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like Jean Grey because she's all psychic and stuff. And you but could she really could do just... like the Dark Phoenix Jean Grey though, and that could be yeah. bad. So that's true. Yeah, I think Nightcrawler is a good answer. He's always one. Maybe of my Nightcrawler. Favorite. Yeah, because yeah. if getting get, like going into a Seven Eleven when you're when you've been doing <laughs> mushrooms or something is not fun. One that's of the most right. Fun... Yeah, you can send them out to get things for you. Yeah. <laughs> one of the the most the most fun I've had was. I forget what, what year it was a few years back. I had just started dating my wife and she was working during the day. And so I had the day off and this was when I was in restaurants. So I was just a complete degenerate, you know, I was just, we would have drinks during the afternoon and, and smoke and, and hang out. And so she was working. And so me and my two roommates decided that we were good or me and my one roommate decided we were going to do some mushrooms and called my other buddy to come hang out. We literally sat on the front step for hours. That's all we did. Uh, talking shit like to people as they were walking by, just fucking around, like saying you drop something like stupid shit, you know, and we laughed the entire day. We were listening to music like that was one of the most fun I've ever had was just sitting on the, the front step, hanging out with like two of my friends and just, you know, and you, you can't do that all the time. But when you can have an experience like that and talk about it later, it's like it's just something that. You know, most people think that 
that you're crazy but like oh he sat on his step but when you you know when you've been there and done that you think it's 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 a fun experience yeah definitely it's not about like what you're doing as so much as to who you're doing it with and yeah. the experience that you're having you know i've had those experiences before and it's just like you know you just ripped right back into childhood you feel like a kid again and it's magical so what do you think about like psychedelics and mental health as far as you know using it as to treat PTSD and to treat things like that what is your take on that yeah i mean i'm not it's uh, kind of a tricky area yeah i i i i i think that that you should really know yourself and really know like maybe any history or propensity that you might have for um, uh, schizophrenia or bipolar or things like that, because it could, it could aggravate it or it could, you know, just not interact well with it. If you're taking any kinds of medications, you know, make sure that you're like completely off of those. They usually say, I think like eight weeks, you know, until you can, can consume a, a psychedelic, but, uh, but yeah, there's definitely like professionals that would, would give different advice than, than what I would give maybe, but, um, well, I'm talking about as far as like moving forward as a society, as a whole, like, let's say we were to start doing more research and like, based on what we know now, where do you see that going as far as using psychedelics for mental health? That's, sorry, I kind of worded. The oh question yeah, wrong. no, totally. I mean, I think that I I think, I'm not I telling you that to suggest that people just go out and be like, if you <laughs> if you're depressed right now, go do some mushrooms. You'll be good. I was just more saying, more so saying, like society wise, and 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 where do you see that going? Sorry, sorry. I'm, oh yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, I it's uh, pretty pretty clear where it's going in in terms of it's being it being like um uh in, in a medicalized and therapeutic model for, uh, to treat, you know, certain things like PTSD or end of life anxiety. Um, uh, you know, the, these sorts of things like uh, cluster headaches, uh, I think mushrooms is really good for, for that. And, uh, but there's so much to, to be learned. I mean, I think we, you know, we talk about like mental health and uh, overall, I mean, we live in a pretty toxic environment. So it's like a lot of people are suffering and a lot of people could benefit. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely see it, it going in, in a way where there's like clinics, you know, we're already starting to see some of them. There's, there's clinics that people can go to and, and you can work with a psychotherapist and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, but I'd also like to see the, you know, kind of what we were talking about before, more of a, a shamanic uh, take on it, because I don't believe that, I don't believe that you could plug in psychedelics into a sort of, um, you know, crony, capitalistic, uh, oligarchic society and just have everything change magically. It's, it, they don't really perform the way in which our Western culture is used to medications performing. They're not medications, they're, they're medicines. So, uh, there's a difference and, and, uh, and yeah, so I'd like to, I'd like to see it go in more that than that direction. And maybe both those things will be unfolding at the same time, which I think is the case with, with so many things. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely an exciting time to be alive for sure. I wanted to kind of look at this another way as well. So with, I'm big on, on making money the way that makes you happy. Like I'm 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 not all about making money. Like I would rather 
do something that I like doing and take a pay cut and have extra time and do that stuff than to do a job that I hate. Like I did a job for the last few years that I hate. I left recently and my wife even said something to me the other day about how I'm, you know, I'm a lot less tense. I'm a lot less angry. Um, I have more time to do stuff. I have more energy in the day. Um, but part of that too is like I, I'm also found different avenues to make money while from home basically so like I'm I'm happy doing what I'm doing and so I always like to look for other little ways to make money and, and little um, you know avenues for financial income and one of the things that I'm, I'm curious to talk about is where you see like small mom and pop businesses should people be starting to to grow a, a mushroom business in anticipation of you know the eventual legalization or is it something that you know people should just kind of dabble in what is what is your take on that as far as do you think that there's going to be because just like everything i mean with cannabis there's stock markets you have you can trade different cannabis companies um and i think you can trade companies that that make mushrooms in certain places but where do you do you have any opinion on on that type of thing i just i thought that wasn't one of the things that we should touch on maybe yeah i well i'm, I'm not going to tell people what they what they should do uh you got to figure that out for yourself right. um but but i think that uh you know i think i think i'm i'm not such a fan of uh this this sort of um, uh, acquiescence to the commodified environment. I, I mean, I know that it's that it is the one that we live in, but uh, I'm I'm more of a fan of trying to do things in a uh, in an alternative way. And um, uh, but that's that's just for me. So I I don't know, you know, what what people have to do, whatever people want to do. I mean, that's up to them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that. Um, maybe learning what to do, maybe, maybe, you know, taking some mushrooms with, with some intention and, right. And being like, Hey, you know, what, what, what should I do? Like, what's the, which is one of the things I really like about psychedelics is they could really be like a, uh, a soul, uh, palate cleanser, so to speak, or like a palate cleanser for the psyche, just give you some clarity as to what the direction you should, what direction you should be going. And I think, Oftentimes, whenever, like you said, you were, you had anxiety, whatever you were stressed before. Now it's a little bit easier for you. Yeah. I think you're living more in alignment with your purpose and with your, with how you like to, to live. So I think, uh, you know, people finding that out and then making decisions going from there, I think is probably the best, the, the best thing to do. Yeah. So we've been watching, um, my wife's pregnant and she's do next month so basically any minute now. Oh, congratulations or not next month july so i uh, thank you um and so we've you know we have to do a certain amount of resting and stuff and and we've been watching hoarders so i don't know if you've ever seen the show hoarders um but we have kind of been binging it and it's there's different types of behavior each episode and they have different therapists and they kind of go through different um, strategies to try to get, help these people clear out their house and kind of get to the root of what's causing um, their hoarding behavior. And I feel like I, psychedelics would be huge in in helping something like that just because for me, 
it kind of lets you see outside of yourself. And, and a lot of times these people can't see how bad their situation has gotten um, until they have, you know, people coming in and telling them and kind of, and so I just feel like that would be one thing that would be useful for. I was thinking about that the other day as I was watching the show. It's, um, it's, yeah, some of it's hard to watch, but it's, it's definitely an interesting show. Um, just to kind of see the study of, of the psychology of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sort of a outward manifestation of neuroses. Mm -hmm. Everybody you know? had their different reason too. It was almost like, it's like every episode is different. Everybody has a different, you know, underlying issue. And it was just kind of crazy to see it manifest um, similarly, but, but different in each person. Like each person had their different quirks. And so that was one thing I'm mm -hmm. like, this would be a, a situation where I think psychedelics would be helpful. But again, I'm not an expert. I like, I like comic books and toys and stuff. I've got a, a toy towel behind my head, so I'm not very qualified to talk about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, no, but you're, you know, I mean, expressing your opinion counts, you know, it's like, of course you have an intu intuitive, uh, feeling about something. I think, you know, that's, you know, go follow that. Definitely. I mean, the, the decluttering aspect of it, you know, really the, any, anything that you can do psychedelics, meditation, breath work, flotation tanks, ecstatic dance, chanting, wh whatever it is to get out of your own way and see yourself from a different angle and see your life from a different angle, create, you know, the breath is amazing to create space, just mm -hmm. breathe, just simply breathing. Like, you know, how many people go throughout their days or their lives even without ever taking like a full deep breath, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's so amazing. So it, it, and it's literally creating space so you can see things from just a different perspective and, and think about them in a different way. And what psychedelics really, really do is they really put you in a place where you're forced to confront the undeniable uh, truths of your life. And if you resist those, you know, that's when people say, oh, it was a bad trip. You know, one of the reasons, you know, other than the, the setting or, you know, things like that. But, uh, but if you're open to that, if you're open to change, if you're open to seeing, um, you'll have, a, you know, maybe a challenging experience. And then from that, then you can integrate that into your life. So you can work on implementing what you've learned from being, having this experience. So, yeah, hundred percent. I think that they. I think that's. Yeah, there's a reason why I think they were so revered amongst uh, so many of the indigenous tribes around the the world before you know civilizations emerged. They were treated like the the greatest gift from the gods, and um, you know that's that's sort of how I how I view them as well, uh, sacred and and with reverence and respect. Mm. Do you practice meditation as well? I know you mentioned it just a second about a second ago. Yeah, to be honest, I've kind of slipped off with the with the pandemic situation happening. I uh for whatever reason, but um but yeah, um so typically I my typical daily routine would be to wake up in the morning, uh maybe do a little journaling and then do a little bit of breath work uh to kind of set me into the zone and then sometimes what I like to do is um an Amazonian uh, tobacco snuff called rape or hape. Uh, and it, it really um, 
really grounds me, you know, like uh, uh, the, the indigenous uh, people of the, of the Amazon really consider tobacco to be a, a master plant. It's, we have a total bastardized depiction of, of, you know, industrial cigarettes and things like that, which is garbage. But uh, so I'll do that. And then I'll, and then that really kind of grounds me. I'll sometimes put on some binaural beats or some easy meditation music and meditate for 30, 30 minutes or so. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to start the day and then I'll, I'll maybe work out and then take a cold shower. And it's like, you just feel like a million bucks when you're, when, when, for me, when I'm doing, when I'm doing that. Um, and you know, so yeah, since this whole pandemic's happened, I've, I've been like not really doing so great with my, with my daily routines. I've, I've fallen off a bit, but it's good to know that, that I've been there and I can get right back on the horse, which is, which is always nice. Yeah. I've, I was on a, a pretty good routine for a little bit and then I kind of fell off. Um, and then I got back on a good routine. Um, but I wanted to ask you about meditation because it's something that I've considered because I've always got like five different things going on at once. I've got the podcast. I've got, you know, I like to flip stuff on eBay. Um, I'm into sports cards and stuff. So I've always got a bunch of different things going on and I've got my, my child coming next month. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was, was try to figure out a way to fit meditation into my day so I can think about the things that are important to me. Cause it's a lot of times it's, it's hard to just be present. Like, you know, I'll catch myself in a conversation with my wife or something and I'll be thinking about something else, um, when I should just be present in the moment there. So I feel like doing that daily meditation that would help me, um, you know, to be better about that. Is, is there any techniques or anything that you, cause I know nothing about it. So I'm just, I wouldn't know anywhere to start. I just, it's one of the things that I, I've wanted to start doing, but I'm like, I keep forgetting because it's, you know, it's not at the forefront of my, my thought right now, but. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's this, this sort of, um, far out of reach mystical, you know, Yogi on the mountain, Zen master in the ashram, secret knowledge thing. It's just, just sit. Is that really all you do? And you just just kind of think? I don't, you know, I just, I just try. So that kind of whole daily routine that I explained to you, like it really kind of helps get me in the flow of just having like all those things combined every day. It's just, it's just like second nature. So now that I've been kind of off of that, I, you know, when I meditate, like I'm just, I'm like, all right, I did, I did five minutes today and you know, I'm, that's it. Like, I'm not going to shame myself. I'm not going to, uh, think I should be doing more or, oh my God, I just, I was thinking of so many things and you know, that I wasted it and I didn't do it right. Like, I, like it's just, you're just, just sit and be silent and just do you breathe. use a timer. I know that might be a stupid question. No, I don't. I don't use a timer. No, um, some people do. I mean, people people do it in in a variety of different ways, you know. And it's like there's meditation apps and there's guided meditation, and and I've done them. I've done a, I've done a lot of them. Um, and but now I'm to the point where I'm just where it's it's interesting because you sort of had the answer at the beginning, but it wasn't like good enough, you know? So you Mm. go searching for all these things and then you kind of find yourself right back at where you, you started. 
it really, you know, Sharon Salzberg, who's a, a great spiritual teacher, I think she says, uh, you know, meditation is just about sitting down and getting real. And it's like, you know, yeah, just sit there and just be, you know, just, just, just be there and just keep doing it. You know, one of my mantras is, um, you know, which I got from, from Jordan Peterson, which was, he said, do it and do it badly. And I thought that was something that was really interesting that I haven't heard in that particular way before. And, uh, and, and what I gathered he, he meant by that was show up and do it and, and do it consistently. And James Clear wrote a good book about this, I think called Clear Habits or something like that. But the, the whole point of it is just, just show up for as long as you possibly can, you know, and just do it. And then just come back the next day and just do it again. And that makes the, all the difference in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger than that revelation to me was bigger than any technique or practice or music or mantra or time or anything like that. It was just like, oh, like I'm not good at this right now, but if I just show up and do a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there and be consistent with it, that eventually I'll be way more comfortable doing it. And then I'll actually be good at it. Yeah, I have an extra yoga mat out out in my little shed. I think I'm gonna go right after we finish this. I'm gonna go outside and get it and put it in my bedroom. And nice. That way when yeah. I wake up, I can just do it and bang it out in the morning. So. Yeah, just just wake. That's that's the that's exactly what I do. Is like I wake up and my mat's right there on the floor, and I just go into that whole routine. It's just so it's, instead of grabbing it's, my phone, I'll just do do that, and then I feel like that'll be a lot better. It makes better a huge difference in your mood. A huge difference. Yeah. I'm going to try that out. So I wanted to kind of get your take on what's been going on in the country with everything kind of shut down. Um, How has it been in Denver where you're at? I know like I'm up in Washington and we're kind of slowly moving through everything. Um, I, you know, I I kind of feel like a, a sense of unrest is starting to kind of go go in waves across the country um and so i like i kind of feel it here as well and i just kind of wanted to see what your opinion was where you or see how it is where you're at sorry yeah i I think it's fine where i am you know i mean i i've been adhering to the sort of you know the 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 protocols and everybody seems to, to be going a going along with whatever they, you know, wear a mask when you go into the business mm-hmm. and stay six feet apart and that sort of thing. And, but, uh, but I've also been getting out and going on bike rides and I've been going hiking and up in the trails and the mountains and stuff. The only thing that was closed was camping, but the trails were open the whole time. So you could go out to the trails and, and go for hikes, which was, which was great. I live right next to a park, so I'd go there and people would be, be there as well. And, yeah, I think at, at first the general feeling that I have about the whole thing is like at first people were like, okay, this is some serious thing and you know, we're we're going to we're going to go along with this. We'll do the lockdowns, maybe a couple weeks, whatever we got to do. And you know, like we're human beings. We people want to be out. The weather's getting nicer, so I'm getting a sense that people are just kind of like okay, like Yeah, as soon as the weather you know, started getting nice, people in my area were like, fuck this, we're going out. And, uh, yeah, we had some friends invite us cause we, they just opened us up so you could, go, you know, go to small gatherings. And so, uh, I had a friend invite me to a campground and we went and checked it out and, um, we were there for a little bit. There was only a couple people at their campground, but when you go, went to leave, it was just like packed with people. There was people from, from 
ear to ear, from ear to ear, from end to end. And it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, you don't really know it's what's going on with this disease. Really? It's like they, they told us for a while. I sound crazy saying stuff like they told us, but you know, we were, we were told that well, I know who you're. I know what you're referring to. You're referring to the 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 standard narrative from the the mainstream apparatus, yeah. right? And so it's like I just at this point I just don't know. You know, I I feel for people who aren't working um, because they're not really doing anything. We're bailing out bigger corporations, and we're not really doing anything for small businesses. Where we're bailing out big big businesses and letting them stay open, and then shutting down the small businesses. And forcing them to, you know, to, to not, then they, they're not getting any help. Like a lot of these small businesses are waiting, still waiting for, for help. So it's just, yeah. 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 There's a lot of things that don't really make sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that we're witnessing sort of, uh, the, the erosion of, um, any sort of, uh, trust in, in authority. And, and, you know, I mean, there's, I've always sort of had that, but I think more and more people are just like, I don't get it. Like first you said this, now you're saying this, like what's going on? Why are you bailing out? Yeah. Why are you passing these huge bills and not helping small business owners or some people can't get the unemployment benefits they need or whatever it is. And it, it's just a mess. It's just a complete it's mess. It's all political and, theater as far as it's just yeah. like, and, and you see it. And for me, like I, I, hate being labeled as democrat or republican or or anything like that i feel like those terms are used to get on one team or the other um and you see that more and more where people are just like they can't see things outside of that lens of i'm a democrat or i'm a republican and i think that that's part of the cognitive liberty um that you were talking about that that like is really important in being able to, to kind of step aside and take yourself out of that scenario. Cause I feel like across the board, if you're anybody right now, you shouldn't be happy with how your, your leadership is, is handling things. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. And, and people aren't, people are still arguing about it. You would think that they would stop arguing about it. Um, but they don't. And it's just, it's kind of nuts. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I think we've, we're, we're definitely, we're, we're, we're at the end of things in, in a particular kind of way. You know, it, a lot of the, the stuff that we have going on, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, uh, the, the, the virus itself, even, I mean, coming out of some wet market from China and then, Oh, I don't know. Where's, where did it come from? Was it from a lab? Like who, nobody fucking knows right. like, anything. And, you know, but the, the bottom line is that there's so much chaos and confusion and there's so many people getting rich off of that mm -hmm. and so many people left out to dry and then the people are being manipulated to fight against each other. And it's like, no, like, this is just not right. You know, this, this, this is a, uh, not, not a good uh, situation for sure. Yeah. It's, it's gotten to the point where I don't know. I've, I've joked with my wife, um, that you're just like, is, is this the simulation? Like, are we living in the simulation? I've, have you ever had conversations about whether or not we're in a simulation? Sure. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we sort of, one. we sort 
we we are living in a simulation to yeah. a certain degree. You know, the simulation is run by the programmers that are uh, have a vested interest in um, the levers of control within the world. So, you know, the people that stand the, the most to gain and profit and the people that stand the most to gain in terms of power and control, people that stand the most to gain uh, from a monetary, you know, financial perspective, um, that's who's running the simulation, you know? And so I'm very much interested in people that can, you know, see that and sort of eject themselves from that. And what that means is really going against the grain and, and learning how to empower yourself to, to do things like, you know, I've been a city, city person my whole life. Uh, but you know, with this pandemic has recently got me into like growing my own food and Mm -hmm. learning how to garden and, learning how to just learning how to do different things, watching YouTube videos on building earthships and homesteading and things like that. I think, you know, really we, we can't depend on um, large centralized authorities mm-hmm. to give us what we want. And we sort of have to create it for ourselves and, and not alone, but with other people. I think that's, that's how things get done is with people that are on the same page, you know, people that want to, come together like the X-Men. They're all, yeah. they're all, they're all individuals and then they come together to form a group and they're going out and, you know, doing stuff. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely just, um, this like, I don't know. It's made me question like, why am I even living in a city right now? I, all the appeal of living in the city has gone away. So, um, yeah, it's, there's a kind of, um, it makes you question things. I think that's good when, when people get into positions where they question things and maybe a lot of, um, uh, aggressive polarization that's happening is because when you're confronted with uh, some some harsher truths or some realities that you have to face, it can be very difficult at first. It can be really challenging at first. And so that's a necessary step, I think, to overcoming that and then hopefully you make it through the other side with something more constructive and productive uh, in, in, a, in a way that you can live that's, that's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. The job that I worked for a while that I just, I, hated doing was I, I would sell cell phones and I was I would make a good amount of money but because I would only sell people things that that they would need like I wasn't big on selling people all the extra nonsense that most of it didn't work like I knew that stuff wouldn't work and I'm like I'm not even gonna waste my time selling this to somebody because it's gonna come back and get returned and it's not something they're gonna use so uh, but a major- majority of what I had to do was, you know, talk to people who were just hell bent on not moving or f- progressing forward in any way. Like a lot of people would come in with these phones that were so old and beat up. And for me, I think that a phone is a tool. Like I, I think that if you if you use it more than you should like anything else it can become a problem like if you use it as as a tool and you use it to to for a camera or whatever whatever you use it for um and so i had asked most of my job was to like to tell people to help get guide people into technology and a lot of them were really fearful of new technology even though they were using the same technology um, it, it was just like an older version. And so a lot of times you would just have to have that conversation with them about how technology is moving faster forward. And, and you could just see a lot of times the wheels spinning in their head and them thinking about how they're almost like scared of, of the technology and where it was going. And, and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird to kind of see 
see that in people and then and then know what that that is you know you don't really think about what it is and what it is is like they're fearing the change it's it's on on a bigger level it's not about the phone it's not about having to spend the extra money it's them fearing the change and so yeah that was a big part of what i would do was try to make that transition into new technology for older people better so i would try to do it as best i could but some were dicks about it <laughs> yeah and it's i mean it's understandable too i i think that there's definitely fear of the unknown you know fear of of change um you know you're comfortable with something it's it's familiar um but i also see a a, a a part of their point of view in, in terms of like, well, this is so complicated. You know, I just want something that's a little simpler and I kind of get that. And you see those like, you know, don't they have like the phones where they have like huge buttons or you can make the, the change on the mm. phone to have like really big text and things like that. So, you know, yeah, I think there's, there's ways that you can accommodate for that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everything changes. Every, everything's, everything is, uh, temporary nothing's permanent so um yeah it's uh you were you were sort of like a uh uh, a technological cell phone uh change agent (laughs) well somebody i i never said this to people but one of my other reps that i would work with would would make the comparison like you know you didn't come to the store in a horse and buggy today you drove like there's a reason for that you didn't come up on horseback um and yeah, as much as like I hated the, and it's wasteful. A lot of it is wasteful. Like I wish there was a way for them to make a phone that didn't have to go every year, every two years. And like a lot of times you can stretch it, which, you know, which is, is the truth for a lot of, the, a lot of the phones. But a lot of times we would see people coming in like after a year or a year and a half and their phones were having issues and they'd either have to get it replaced or they'd have to get a new one. And it was just like, it's so wasteful the amount of phones that you know i wish they would just have one phone that would be that would last for a long length of time so um, yeah the rate of change is is too quickly for sure yeah so we should probably start wrapping it up we're a little over an hour here um mike thanks for coming on the show i did want you to be able to plug anything that you want to plug right now so go ahead um, and tell people where they can find your show yeah, Mike Adelic, it's everywhere. Podcasts are found. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, all those places, YouTube. Um, my website's mikebrankbranc.com, Mike Adelic underscore podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, just either search my name, Mike Brancatelli or Mike Adelic. You'll find me some way, somehow. And uh, yeah, uh, I do a live show streaming live on Facebook called Isolation Tank with some other people and that's uh, on the evolve and ascend Facebook page and the DMT, the spirit molecule nice. Facebook page. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I appreciate your time. Um, thanks. I, it was an awesome conversation. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, I guess stay safe out there in Denver. Thanks Perry. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the ADBD podcast. As always, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show if you like it. It's free um, and share it. Tell all your friends. Next week on the show, we're talking with Dwayne Shoots Toys. from um, That's his Instagram handle. But he does uh, these cool little works of art with action figures. So check him out on Instagram before the show. 
and that'll be out next Tuesday. So make sure you check it out. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.